0: hi it's nathan lovejoy from gabby duran and the Unsuitables. you're listening to the man cave chronicles podcast welcome to
1: another episode of the man cave chronicles welcome
0: to the party pal
1: you're my boy boo you it! a podcast With interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh,
0: I love the movies.
1: Comedy and more. From Deep Inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Nathan, welcome to the cave. Hey, thanks for having me. How are you, my friend?
0: Mate, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. It's uh, it's unseasonably uh, warm out here in L.A., so I can't complain.
1: There you go. There you go. So uh, you star on Disney's uh, channel series Gabby Duran and the Uncidables, and we'll talk about that, but I want the listeners to get to know you a little bit better. Where are you originally from?
0: I'm, uh, I'm from Australia, so I was born uh, in Tasmania, which is that little island that's uh, right down the bottom of Australia often left off the map sometimes although i think that's kind of improved over time but yeah i was born down there and then uh had my sort of formative years in melbourne which is like in the south uh of the country just across the water onto the mainland there and then i went to uh went to drama school and started my career up in sydney which is sort of you know i, I guess kind of halfway up and around that kind of way
1: oh wow as a kid up uh, sort of australia as a kid
0: growing up what were you into Ah, uh, well look, I, I'm an enormous human being. I don't know if you uh if you found this down in your research. I'm kinda of like six, seven, probably pushing for six eight on a uh on a good day. Yeah. Um and uh so, you know, when I was a teenager, my kind of main thing in life was, was basketball. That was gonna be the thing that I was gonna do. I sort of started at eight or nine years old. Um, and that sort of consumed my um my my teenage years right through to sort of like I don't know, I guess, what was I, around sort of 1920. And that's when I sort of started to, you know, my path started to kind of wander in a in a different direction. I I went to university down in Melbourne and sort of was doing a, what we call in Australia like a kind of arts degree, an undergraduate degree, but I was doing a lot of time writing and theatre and stuff like that. And so I guess my attention was kind of pulled in that direction around that time. But But yeah, when I was kind of growing up, that was um, that was really the sort of the biggest part of my life uh, until I sort of got bitten by the acting bug and, yeah. uh, and off I went.
1: Yeah, how <laughs> far how far did you make it in basketball? Look, I
0: I did okay. I, I I kind of stopped at around as I said at around nineteen twenty. So we have a league in Australia called the NBL, which is like now really in vogue. I think one of the I don't know how much you know about basketball. The younger kind of ball brother. Yeah. Um, has kind of gone to play in our Australian league and so kind of getting a privilege. So I never got to actually play in that league. I was sort of in squads and I played in, uh, what, what was called back then the CBA or the ABA, which I guess is sort of the equivalent of like the, the D league, which is now the G league here. But I mean, I got out of it pretty, pretty young, I suppose. But, um, but yeah, so while 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 I was playing, I kind of I, I kind of did okay, but um, but I never reached particularly uh, lofty yeah. heights. One of the producers on the on the Disney show was like, "So can I, like, and, and, and read about your basketball career." And sadly, no, you can't. I mean, it's sort of it's it, it's a revealing of my age as well that uh, <laughs> there's not a lot of evidence of my illustrious basketball <laughs> career. I'm even older than. Uh, you know, Andrew Bogut, fellow Australian, and he, uh, you know, it always puts things in perspective for me, these kind of older athletes that are kind of on the way out. And I'm like, man, I'm older than that guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my sports career is in the review really <laughs> mirror.
1: So, like, so what inspired you to get into the field? Was it a specific movie or TV show that pushed you towards this that you wanted to get into it?
0: You know, not really. I just came of. I'd always done it at high school, like as much as I said before that I just sort of played basketball the whole time. As well as playing basketball, I was always in the school production every year. So it was kind of like this thing I did as I guess a bit of a it was a bit of a change or always a bit of a release for me at high school and I was always kinda of good at it. So I sort of had this kind of uh, interest in it in the periphery. And it was only when I was, kind of, you know, old enough uh, and sort of had that that pull that sometimes happens as you kind of hit your kind of late like teenage years, um, where you start wanting to kind of try different things and, and, and do different things, and I kind of went off in that direction in a more kind of serious way. But I guess was, I already had a really a really big kind of interest in it, um, and I used to love kind of musical theatre, I uh, because that was what we do uh you know as our as, uh, sort of high school productions and I remember if I did like put my finger on it I remember I went to a production of Sunset Boulevard uh with my parents where my parents took me and uh it, it was starring Hugh Jackman Oh wow. uh of course you know Australian uh Australian yeah uh, yeah we were in Melbourne when I was growing up and and it's a kind of oft-neglected kind of musical, I suppose, Sunset Boulevard. But I, and I think that particular production was not that well sort of reviewed. Like, it, apparently it wasn't very good, but I remember when I saw it, I must have been 16, 16, I just thought it was the greatest thing I had ever seen. So I remember at that moment, that was when I kind of went home and, and looked up the kind of prospectuses, the catalogs about all the different theatre schools around the country, and I was like, maybe that's what I want to do. <laughs> so that was my first really kind of yeah, you know, I suppose I kind of had a really sort of emotional response to seeing like a show or a TV show or a yeah. film. But in that case, it was a, yeah, it was a bit of theatre.
1: How old were you when you made the move from moving from Australia to the U.S. to pursue more into the acting world?
0: Yeah, only recently. So I used to, like a lot of Australians, the kind of popular thing to do is to kind of come out to, to L.A. for pilot season. Um, and I think increasingly, you know, maybe sort of, 10 or 15 years ago, um, there was not so many people doing it. But I think now with the internet and self-taping and yeah. the world has kind of shrunk in that way. So there's a lot more people from other countries, whether it's kind of, you know, there's a huge amount of Danish actors in Hollywood, I think, and, and you know, certainly a lot of Australians. Um, and so I used to just kind of come over and do pilot season or come over in what they kind of call episodic season, which is sort of around now in the um, in the fall and so I kind of came and, and bit my toe in the water, and of course, you know, without going too far into it, paperwork and stuff like that is always an issue when you're from another country because you know you have to be kind of authorised to work, so visas and things are a little bit complex to navigate. And then I'd always kind of, uh, you know, wanted to kind of move here and 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 try and commit to it, sort of more, um, not commit to it full time because obviously it was already my career, but to just kind of be here and be on the ground and and not sort of be on the clock where you're sort of here for 10 or 12 weeks and then you've kind of got to go home. So, yeah, I convinced my wife, Jess, uh, you know, she very graciously, she's not an actor, she's an attorney, and uh, well, she was a lawyer in Australia, which is the same thing, but now, you know, she works over here and she's an attorney. Managed to convince her that we should do it. I was going to kind of uh, petition for my, my green card, which is a bit of a complicated process, and then we very fortunately won it, uh, through what's called the Diversity Lottery, um, which is essentially a lottery where they give away green cards. Yeah. And a lot of my active friends have been over the years. So we actually ended up w- winning a, a green card that way, sort of at the 11th hour, right before we were going to kind of pay uh, to petition for it. And then that sort of tipped us over the edge. And then we moved here. Uh, we're sort of coming up on two years that we've been living here, wow. here permanently. Wow. Yeah. Do you
1: so after you moved to the u.s uh, do you remember what your first uh job was here a gig
0: my first job i mean the first little thing that i did here i did like an an american thing in australia i did the pacific which was like the sequel to band of brothers the hbo series i had like a a, a couple of scenes on that which was great and then when i came here i did a thing um called Becoming Bond, which was kind of like a, a documentary come sort of uh, dramatic kind of reenactment of uh, George Lazenby's career it was the Australian Bond. Yep. This Bond.
1: Wow. And then he ha-
0: kind of had this offer of this kind of multi-picture deal, but he turned it down. He's a real kind of historian of this Australian kind of larrikin dude who, who managed to talk his way into becoming uh, James Bond. So I did a little bit on that, which I think... As the story goes, it was someone that I sort of knew um, was involved with it. A guy called Josh Lawson was playing George Lazenby. And I just had a little part that Stephen Merchant was meant to be doing. The guy who wrote The Office with Ricky Gervais, he's also about six foot seven. And he was meant to do this little kind of walk-on role. And he, he was unavailable. And so they are like, well, i was trying to find another tall guy to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of came, came my way. And then before Gabby Duran, uh, you know, I had a little, uh, a, a little, uh, an episode on the on the Good Place last which is great. You know, I love that show. Um, and yeah, and then this, you know, this show was really my first kind of big ongoing thing uh, that I've kind of booked over here, which is great. It's yeah. uh, it's exciting. It it kind of came along, uh, you know, not long after we moved here, which was great because I'd sort of warned my my wife i'd said you know i don't know it's tough it's it's, I'm, it's not going to be like you know i don't think we're going to step off the plane and i'm going to book something but i did manage to to get that relatively quickly so that was good
1: <laughs> and it's already got picked up for season two right
0: yeah it has it has yeah. which is uh which is cool That's always one of the kind of uh painful things about being an actor is you're either kind of to
1: get a job
0: and then you get it and 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 uh, then you're kind of waiting to see if it goes again, and, and so often things uh, don't get get picked up. I have so many friends working in the business, and it's it's such a common experience to either do a pilot or do a season, and to have that disappointment of something not going back again. So it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a real relief to know it's going back, and uh, and yeah, looking forward to to getting to, to to play this guy for another 21 episodes.
1: There you go. Now, you play uh, Principal Swift on the show, but really quick, tell the listeners what the show is about if they haven't watched it yet.
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. So, it's a show that's about a, a girl who babysits aliens. Uh, so, sort of the unsuitables being aliens, I guess. Uh, you know, what's implied there is that babysitting aliens is uh, a bit of a challenge, so, Basically, this girl is enlisted by her school principal, played by me, who also happens to be uh, an alien, uh, to help him look after this community of aliens that are kind of living in secret on Earth. Uh, and so uh, that's the gist of it. And then hilarity uh, ensues and she has to kind of look after a whole range of, of different aliens from different planets um, and also try and keep the whole thing a secret um, because in theory, the only people that are supposed to know about it are just me and her. And, of course, that uh, proves a bit of a challenge for a, uh, a 14-year-old girl. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, tell us about your audition for this show. Um,
0: well, I, it was just like yeah, everything else. I kind of like uh, went in, you kind of go in, there's a series of auditions that you have to do. And so I went in first at a casting level, and then you have what's called like a producer session, and then you normally do a, a network test. So it's kind of three auditions all up. But um, but yeah, and so for the first one, I uh, when I went into see casting, I think they, so the story goes, so I'm told by the uh, the showrunners is I think they were a little bit reluctant to see me in the first place, because understandably they sort of thought, I don't know if this uh, you know a six foot seven guy can really uh, play yeah. opposite these. <laughs> these kids, maybe the size disparity is going to be too much but um, my manager, a guy called Spencer Robinson who's been fantastic for me in my career, knew Mike, uh, Mike one of the showrunners and, and, and was friends with him on social media I think and sort of reached out to him with some of my uh, my work from Australia and said, hey I really, uh, I really think you should consider seeing this guy and so I think there was a little bit of arm twisting to kind of get me in in the first place and then it just kind of went from there they didn't write the um you know for those who haven't seen it the character i kind of do he's an alien but i kind of play him with a bit of a a, an an english accent not an australian one (laughs) (laughs) and and kind of that's the the take i had on i thought what they'd written really sounded like that to me normally what i do is i go in and you know, if it's not sort of specified, you we'd know, go in and read a, a role with an American accent. But there was just sort of something about this. So I was like, it just reminded me of, you know, something like Trunchbull out of a Ronald Dahl, uh something like that, who was a sort of tu- tu- tyrannical English school principal. And so it just reminded me of that sort of thing. So I just went in and, and put that kind of spin on it. And uh, I think they were initially... Uh, confused and bewildered by what I was doing even though I think that thought it was funny but um and then it just kind of went from there and uh did the uh, did the rest of the process and uh, booked the job and shot the pilot and off we went how uh
1: like how is it working with the cast and how is it working with like young actors
0: it's cool it's yeah it's it's, it's great i mean I, I was there was an interview i did the other day, uh, about how you know they're so kind of instinctual, where like you know a process as such so they're always different from take to take and so fresh which i think is super useful when you when you're playing comedy and they're just extraordinary i mean kylie who who is the the lead for she and is now i think she's 14 years old uh, i mean she's sort of from a showbiz family but just phenomenally talented and um and incredibly intelligent, all of them. I mean, when I think about what I was doing when I was 14, and then we've got Coco, who I think is, uh, I don't want to get this wrong, I probably will, but she's either nine or maybe she's just turned 10, um, and Carolyn, who's only uh, you know a year or so younger than Kylie, and, and, and Max is around the same age. I mean, they're just phenomenally talented kids, and great kids as well. Yeah, I mean, as I said, if I reflect on what I was doing at that age, uh, it just it just blows my mind. So it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun to work with them and also a lot of fun to be you watch them kinda of grow up and, and mature on the show as well.
1: Do you uh this is you know, this is uh, a lot of kid. you know, young kids watch this show. Do you get like recognized in the street that you're the principal Swift from the show?
0: <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. I, I was sort of I it's only you know, it's sort of a couple of weeks in, but I was I was kind of warned by um you know, by people that uh, I'll be able to go out to dinner, apparently. So it's going to be no problem if I want to kind of go to a bar or go to a restaurant. But apparently um, supermarkets and shopping centers are where I could kind of run into trouble. So I haven't, uh, I'm not getting mobbed in the street just yet, but um, it's, it's difficult for me to hide at my heart as well. So, you know, probably at some point it's going to catch up with me, particularly given the year this year volume of episodes i mean there's kind of 20 in the first season we're our 21 so i think once they've been out there in the world and, and they've been played enough times, that will probably start to happen but i've got some relative uh, anonymity for another few weeks at least i yeah. think which
1: is uh, when does filming start for season two
0: I think we're going to go back around February, uh, I think, is the plan. I haven't had it 100% confirmed, but, um, but yeah, so it'll be good. We, we'd already started this time last year, and just because of the timeline of when they wanted to release it, and, and it, was a, it was a pretty involved sort of post-production process, I think we've sort of pushed back a little bit. So, yeah, we, um, we've been off for a while, but hopefully going back a little bit later, we shoot up in Canada, and so last year we were there right through the winter and so if it wasn't raining it was snowing so we're going to be going back at the absolute peak of uh, of winter but hopefully on the back end we'll start to see some slightly better weather so i'm looking forward to that
1: Well, wow. now uh, throughout your career is there like a dream role that you kind of hope you can play someday
0: you know it's funny i i, I this morning when I had to answer some stuff for uh, uh, another interview is that this, this kind of is in a roundabout kind of way because at least at the moment I mean you're doing all kind of changes you know over time and the grass is always greener you always want to be doing once yeah. you done something for a while you want to be on to the next thing but it is such a cool thing, which is part of why you kind of come to the States to try and find work, because, you know, a lot of what we do in Australia, we shoot it very quickly. And uh, and so it's a, a real dream to have something that you can work on for a long time. So the idea of being able to work on a show over a few years and really settle into a character is really a dream. And then also to be able to do something that is kind of, <laughs> you know, well, comedy is really fun to play, and something that kind of, even though this is a Disney Channel show, I, I really enjoy being able to sort of push the, uh, you know, push the limits of 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 kind of just sort of performance you can kind of give on yeah. TV while still kind of keeping it grounded in some kind of truthfulness. So this, you know, at the moment, this ticks a lot of boxes for me, and I'm having a huge amount of fun doing it. I mean, it'd be great. Ultimately, okay, I come from a theatre background, and I've done a lot of, you know, Shakespeare and and, and drama, uh, both on stage and and on TV. So I'd love to get back into that sort of thing uh, at, at, at some point. Um, yeah, so I guess, so I guess to get to, to get back to doing some of that work uh, would would be something I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to. But for now, I, I reckon this is kind of the dream role for the time That's being. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So, on your downtime, what do you, what do you enjoy doing?
0: Uh, it's a good question. Well, I got, we bought our giant dog out from Australia. He's currently asleep here on the rug in front of me. He's like a Ridgeback uh, cross mastiff thing. He's huge. He's not as big as a great name, but he's a very, very big dog. And he, we got him in Sydney, and so we flew him over. So, he, he's over here with me. So, in my downtime, I spent an awful lot of time with him, a lot of time walking the dog. And, uh, and doing the, the canyons and the trails around here so that's what had. his name's Casper give a K because it's Danish um but then apart from that what well, I started doing it recently because yeah when you do when you are an actor you're either unemployed <laughs> or even when you are working like I am on this show we have had this kind of enormous kind of hi- hiatus between seasons and, and that's kind of challenging in some ways. It's it, it's People kind of look at it and go, that must be great, you've got all that time, but there's such a thing as having too much time on your hands. Yeah. Take it from me. And so, yeah. in the last sort of few months, I started um, working with a charity uh, out here called Adds Up, um, which is a, a, a charity run by Australians, started by two people, Ben and Fleur, over in New York City, that works with um, refugees that were detained in immigration detention off Australia, so they never went to Australia, they were detained um, on Manus Island, which is near Papua New Guinea, and uh, a little country called Nauru in the Pacific, and uh, a lot of those refugees have been resettled in the USA uh, under an agreement um, between our two governments, essentially. So I started out like, we just gave a bit of money to them sometimes, um, the way you normally do with You get the email newsletter and make a donation. But, yeah, yeah, I I wanted to get more involved. And so there's a couple of people um, that – a couple of around around here in L.A. that I sort of started hanging out with. I sort of met them, and we've become friends. And I try and offer them support, whether that's kind of looking for a job or really just being their mate, essentially. And then I started to do more. Um, I started kind of working as a bit of a liaison – um, so refugees kind of around the US. I kinda of talk to people on the phone, you know, in you know, the other day I was chatting to someone in Connecticut, people in Chicago, uh people in Modesta in in California. And so I just call people and check in.
1: That's great.
0: You know, see how they're doing, see what kind of support they need. Because winter's obviously on the way. We've kind of been organizing kind of clothing drives and getting winter clothing and stuff together for people. So I've been doing a bit of that. And, and you know, besides that, I like a lot of people I write and I'm trying to create my own work. But I guess that's the most interesting thing, you know, outside of um, my work that I've kind of been filling my days with at the moment, which is, uh, has been great. I'm sure it's, you know, it's good for them. But to be honest, I, I probably almost get more out of it. It really gives you, you know, yeah. a purpose and a focus in those, you know, yawning periods of, uh, Time that we sometimes mm-hmm. have off as actors. Yeah.
1: So, um, how can the listeners in, uh, find you on social media?
0: They can find me on, you know, Twitter and Instagram. It's Nathan underscore Lovejoy. I'm pretty sure that's right for um for 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 both of them. Um and yeah, I'm on there, and you can see uh, some riveting pictures of my dog, <laughs> and my wife, and uh, and yeah. But I'm I'm on there. I'm on there connecting with the kids, connecting with the people. So uh, yeah, look me up and uh, and reach out.
1: All right, Nathan. Thank you for coming on. This was fun.
0: I oh, well, thanks so much for having me.
1: I do normal like a fish rides a bicycle. Fit in like someone in
0: an icicle.
1: Don't fight it, just be an original.
0: I will a skate outside the lines. When I try to stay in, it's no surprise. It's a fail, it's okay, I'm one of a kind. One of, one of a kind. So anytime I feel some type of way, don't understand the human race. So
1: it's so it's so it's. Do I do my thing, you do your thing